All right, on this episode of the LPDS, we get into a lot of crazy stuff. We're talking about the Cat Williams podcast interview that's blowing up the entire universe right now. We talk about the Epstein list. We talk about the situation going on down in Miami right now. We talk about some LPDS, not LPDS, Spearhead Leadership Business Updates. And we talk about a little bit about, uh, a lot of bit about Jersey Jerry and his uh, history making hole in one. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, tune in and we'll get into that. We also have a really interesting cage fact. I think they're all interesting. I say that every week, but they are all interesting. They're, there's nothing not interesting about that guy. So all that's coming up right now. All right, Jabronis, we're back. Welcome back to the Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I'm your host, Libretti. It's the show about nothing that finds the lessons in everything, and we try to have a good time, share a few laughs, and be entertaining doing it all. Hope everybody had a good week. This week was absolutely wild in the current events section. Absolutely wild. It was almost like it was scripted to start the new year off with a bang. So much stuff went on. So much chaotic bombshell things happened. And I'm, I'm sure, I know I'm, what are we doing here with this video? What the hell are we doing with this video? I don't, I don't know how long the video was paused that time. I'm so tired of this issue. Here's what, here's the deal with the video stuff going on right now. Okay. I am not in the LPDS ranch in Texas where I have all the permanent gear set up. Okay, I'm working off of some software that I can use on the road to connect my phone as a camera to my computer. Well, I guess one of the issues with with Apple and MacBooks and, and the software compatibility is sometimes the new software on MacBooks is not compatible with the rest of the world's software out there. And the update to the camera software for the phone conversion or what have you is not, it's not very, you know, it's not reading very well on the computer. So there are times when there's frozen video, lag, inability to record at all. So it's been touch and go. I don't have the, I don't have the ability right now to find a better solution besides buying uh, a, buying a new camera and doing a full like camera setup in that regard. Uh, I was debating on doing that anyway uh, to, to use permanently just a separate camera instead of using my phone all the time. So I'm working towards that. I'm working with Nikki Sticks is helping me make that happen. So that way I have an actual camera that's recording and I can record it right to the camera itself. I don't have to worry about this garbage happening. So if you're in YouTube land, that's the reason I apologize for the constant video freezes. It's almost like, I don't know if it's, 
if I hit my desk too hard or what it is that triggers the pause and the freeze. And then I had to sit here and wait for it to just catch again to the software and match up again appropriately so that it can work again. So that's what we're dealing with. I apologize. I can't fix it in post. It's not like one of those things where the audio is not lining up with the video. It's the video's frozen. So, and and short of re-recording, which I don't like to do because I I like to just flap my gills in the moment and whatever pops out, that's what, that's what everyone's going to get. Uh, not because I'm lazy, but because I think that's more authentic and real because that's what... What I'm thinking and saying at that moment is as pure and unadulterated as possible. With the exception of me making sure I'm not saying anything stupid uh, or, you know, inappropriate, too inappropriate anyway. With that, before we get into the crazy stuff of the week, uh, by the way, I, I appreciate everyone's understanding with the video stuff. Anyway, before we get into the absolute chaos of the week's events, I want to I make a correction from last week's episode. As I said in the episode, I'm probably going to listen to this back again during the editing phase of the podcast and realize I said a bunch of stupid stuff or confusing things out of order, stuff that contradicted each other, things like that. And I absolutely did. I absolutely did. I said stuff I don't even believe. And I don't know if it was because I was angry or if I forgot where I started my thought and where it ended up in the process of me, again, flapping my gills off the cuff. But I, I said some things I don't even necessarily agree with, But I want, so I wanted to apologize for that, but also set the record straight and a very, give a very quick five-minute correction of what I mean uh, from the stuff from last week's episode. Now, I stand by my general message of last week of don't talk about it, be about it. Just if you... Have goals in mind. Don't use the crutch and the excuse of, oh, I'm going to wait until New Year's or I'm going to wait until next month or I'm going to wait until this day to do it. Just get off your ass and do it. I still believe that firmly. I don't know how long we've been going here, but I might have to center the ASS word so that the YouTube doesn't, uh, you know, what do they call that? Shadow ban me? I need all 15 views. So if I get shadow banned and go down to two views, I'm in big trouble. So I'll, I'll check the time on that and see if I have to censor that or not. Anyway, I stand by that previous statement, that sentiment. Okay, there's a, there is a saying out there. It's, it's, it goes something like, it's like a question you ask yourself. Is it one day or day one for you? And the mindset, in my opinion, my one-cent opinion should be, it's day one. Right now is day one of accomplishing my goals, my next journey, whatever the, whatever the thing is going to be. What I, what I don't agree with myself on, what I said last episode, was I started fly, you know, flying off the handle about uh, don't, don't you know? Say, oh, I'm gonna wait till New Year's, and I'm gonna plan now, and then on New Year's, I'm gonna start day one of my fitness journey, or this or that. And then I was saying something like, "Don't plan, just start today." I love planning, okay, and I don't want people to think I don't want people to plan, okay. Um, Tony Sacco, top tier fan of the program and, and relative, put in the comments in the last episode. Uh, failure to plan is planning to fail. And I believe that wholeheartedly as well. And I agree with him on that. 
Um, I don't believe in not planning for things. Some things you can. Like I want to go work out today. You just you can just go. You don't have to sit there and plan your attack sometimes. You can just go and whatever you're feeling that day, you can just go. Hit the treadmill, do some pull-ups, lift some dumbbells, whatever. You just go and do it. You don't necessarily need planning. It's all situational dependent. But I do believe in planning for big things. And I believe that planning day is day one. Okay, if you're taking the time out of what you would normally be doing, like sitting on the couch, watching TV, playing video games like I do all the time, being on your phone all day long, instead of doing that, take the time to have a planning session for your goal. If it's in the fitness world, then you know, okay, I know here are the gyms in the area, here are the membership fees, you're doing the research. Okay, this gym is the closest and it's a reasonable membership fee, so I'm going to go to that gym tomorrow, okay? And then I'm gonna go and I'm signing up and I'm gonna do a 30-minute workout or a 20-minute workout, even on your first day, you know, first day of actual working out. And you plan out your situation that way. That is absolutely day one stuff you're actually doing, day one, not one day sort of stuff. So the long and short of it is, I apologize, I misspoke, I don't agree with that sentiment that I inadvertently said in the last episode. I absolutely love planning. In fact, I had a problem early on. I'm getting better at it. I try to improve every day with it of being an over planner. I overpack, I overplan, I overthink. I sit there and stew on my plans and analyze and analyze and analyze to the point of paralysis almost. So I love planning. I think it's important. I also think it is a first step absolutely in your journey to accomplish your goals. And it is a day one activity. So forget what I said about don't plan, screw that, just go out and do it. No, going out and doing it appropriately a lot of times involves planning, and that is a day one activity. So record straight on that. Hopefully it's all clear now, but now we got to get into the chaos, the chaos, the chaos, the chaos. For those of you who haven't seen, uh, renowned comedian Cat Williams went on Shannon Sharp's podcast. I forgot the name of the podcast, but he went on calling out every other, I don't know how many, how many total black comedians in the industry about gatekeeping success and lying and stealing jokes and doing this and doing that. I'm not going to run down the entire list of things he said about who, but it included, you know, Steve Harvey, I think a little bit. Cedric the Entertainer, Eddie Murphy, I think, uh, Kevin Hart, some other um, African-born comedian with an accent. He said the accent was fake, I think. Several other comedians in the space. I forgot who else. Chris Tucker, maybe? I don't know. And he was just talking about, this is the issue. This is, you know, this is my problem with them. And it blew up. Now, if you if you take this the objective step back and look at what he said and everything, you can reasonably assess that there was a good portion of stuff that was absolutely true. Because you can go back in the annals of history and look it up and be like, yeah, it actually makes sense. Um, and there's other people that have come out to kind of corroborate some of the things he said. There are some things that are his interpretation of the truth and might not be 
as true as he said. It's one of those he said, she th said things where he is, his experience is what he's saying, and that could be true from his experience. And then the other person's experience could also be true because that's what they experience in that situation. If that's a little confusing there. I apologize. But so there was a lot of that. And then there was a lot of like ridiculous things he said. I think he said that he can run a 4-240 at like 50 years old. I think he says he reads 3,000 books a year. 3, 000, he read 3,000 books last year. That's... I mean, look, I'm very bad at uh, um, off-the-cuff math. I tried to do it a couple episodes ago where I was talking about buying a cemetery and the money making from just one mausoleum building. And I ended up saying it was like $500,000 a year of making money off. And it ended up being 5 million a year. I was off. I, I missed a, a zero there uh, in my math and I was way off. Uh, so forgive me on the poor off the cuff math, but 3000 books a day is almost 10 books a day or 3000 books a year, right? 365 days. Let's go. Let's just say 300 days times 10 books is 3,000 books. So it's a little less than 10 books a day. You're, that's nuts. Unless he's reading two-page books, I guess on the technicality, he could say that he's reading 10 pages of 10 one-page books a day, and he can get it, he can get it done. That just sounds like a ridiculous thing to, to say. That's like... We used to do this thing in the in the Air Force, probably the other branches as well. But during physical training, during PT, on when we were when we would do group runs, they they made us uh, at boot camp and some other training. They used to make us say uh, call out Jodies, they call them, and it's just just people singing and doing musical numbers while running. You see it in movies all the time. They're marching, they're singing, and they're like, sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, blah, blah, blah. It's, I don't like it. It's stupid. Um, it doesn't it doesn't motivate me. It doesn't keep me together. It doesn't make me want to run harder or run farther or whatever. It's just it's a waste of my time and and, and waste of my effort and breath, in my, in my opinion. That being said, at boot camp, they would make all of us step out of formation while running to start a chance, start a Jody for the – for the group. Everybody had to do it, whether we wanted to or not. And obviously I did not want to do it. Um, I thought, I think they're still stupid, but anyway, cause it's too cultish for me. Double time, anytime. Blah, blah. Shut up. It's stupid. But they made me go out there and I pulled a little dickhead move and I did on the technicality. So there's a tune to Jody's. And there's a like a, a cadence to Jody's, and there's uh, an understood sort of pattern and and relationship between the Jody leader and the rest of the formation. You say one thing as the leader, and then either they repeat in the formation, or there's a response to it if they know the Jody. And it's and it's something like uh, you know I don't know, but I've been told, and then the group goes oh, I don't know, but I've been told. You know, Team USA is going to win the gold. Team USA is going to win. The That's, you know, like D2 Mighty Ducks. That's what it is. Okay. You say it, they repeat. You say, repeat, say, repeat. Well, little dickhead me wanted to be out of there. And they said, all you have to do is you set, you sing one Jody, you lead one Jody, and you're good. And you can go back into formation and somebody else will come up. Well, 
Well, Dickhead Labretti did the one-line Jody. And it was simply, one-line Jodies are the best. And then their formation repeats, one-line Jodies are the best. Bam, done, over, I'm back in formation, no problemo. At least that's what I thought. I ended up getting yelled at. I had to do some push-ups. They wrote me up a bunch of times. Those write-ups didn't mean shit. They used to tell you if you got 15 write-ups, you get kicked out of boot camp. I got 15 in the first day. I ended up with hundreds of those things, and I stayed through. I, I powered through. So those were those were malarkey. But going back to Cat Williams, I think that's what he was doing. I think he's reading one-page books, maybe written by him on post-its. Book one, comedy is great. The end. Next book, and he's rolling through books or whatever. Um, I think that's what he was doing. But 3,000 books is wild. Anyway, the comedy world blew up. Everybody's responding. Kevin Hart's responding. They're making jokes on podcasts. Cedric the Entertainer's responding. Steve Harvey, I don't know if he did or not. So everybody is responding and talking and, and, and giving their opinion on what he said. And it's, it's a little funny to me because... If the stuff was all BS, for some of these super famous guys like Kevin Hart, I think Kevin Hart, he made he, he, he joked about it enough to where it was like he was probably just brushing it off. But some of these guys took it serious and they responded in kind with like several twit long responses, you know, a four-part Twitter response or whatever. If it wasn't true, and I'm already super famous and successful... I wouldn't even respond. It would be like an LOL, laugh out loud, funny guy. He's trying to, you know, maybe he's getting ready to go on tour. He's trying to get peepers on himself, get some attention so he can go out on tour. People are like, oh, I got to go see Cat Williams. He's he's on fire right now. He's calling everybody out. I want to see what his show is like. That could be it. If it's not true and I'm already successful and famous and doing, doing the do, I'm not responding. And if somebody asks me about it, I'll just be like, yeah, he said what he said. Like, it's not true. I don't have to explain myself. It doesn't matter because I'm here. But some of these guys who are getting ever, very angry or responding seriously with these long diatribe responses, I understand if they're like, oh, my reputation is in question and this and that. It's like, nah, if you, if you let it go, nobody's going to care. But if, as soon as you respond aggressively, makes people want to care more. And it's like, is he right about it? He seemed to have struck a chord with some of those guys. And usually, if it's not true and it's not a big deal, it doesn't strike a chord like that. You don't get the response like that, the feedback. So I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm interested, interested to see if this is all just a big ploy of Cat Williams to say a bunch of ridiculous things, sneak in some actual facts and truths, and just set the world on fire so that he can go out and, and make serious money on a, on a tour. I don't know. But that just so happened, if we're now we're, we're transitioning over here, folks, we're putting on the tinfoil hats for a little bit because that happened the day after, the day after the Epstein list came out. And if you didn't think I was going to talk about the Epstein list, think again, folks, because I am. Now, if you were expecting a list on a yellow legal pad of just names and what they did, I got this 
I don't know what's going on in the video. I just got a fireworks emoji just blow up on the screen. So if you're in YouTube land, enjoy the fireworks. The videos are just mine of their own, this, this go. They're mine of their own. Anyway, if you were expecting just a list of names on a legal pad that said these are the people that went to the island, these are the bad guys, these are the victims, these are the people that were on the island and didn't do anything wrong, it's not like that. What they released was were the court documents. I don't know. Is it from the I don't know if it was from the Jelaine Maxwell case or if it was from the Epstein case when he was uh, still alive. And all the redacted information on it, most of the redacted information to include names was now unredacted so that people can read through it themselves and see. And there's a lot of people on there named. And some of the biggest ones, well, the Bill Clinton thing, we've, we've known that. We've known that for a long time. Okay? Um, now, it's very funny that the, the media organizations that have been trying to bury this Epstein stuff for years now, the first thing they did, the first thing they did when the Epstein list came out was keeping the, they all said it. It's almost like they copy and pasted the, the statement to say all the news shows, all the anchors on all the channels said the same thing all day was let's keep in mind here, folks, that not every name in these court documents are suspects. Some of these people were just incidentally named because they knew Jeff Epstein or they saw him at a party or their associate, their coworker was new and knew that. So not everybody is guilty here or bad people. We just want to caveat that, that some of these are just innocent people who were in the ether of Jeff Epstein. So make sure like they were the first thing that they did, they didn't say like, wow, there's a lot of people that, Jeff Epstein influenced or got to his island, even if they weren't partaking. I think Lewis Black talked about it like a year or two ago, maybe a while ago, where he was invited to his house in New York City, Jeff Epstein's house in New York City, because Epstein knew his other comic and he liked comedy and he thought Lewis Black's comedy was really good. And, and Lewis Black didn't even know who he was. So he went over to his house and they had wine together and he was like big fan of your work or some crap like that. And then like it was like a year or two later, he found out like, oh, Epstein's a bad guy. And he's like, ooh, sorry, I went there. Um, so yeah, that's that's incidental. But we're adults. We can read the documents ourselves. We can discern for ourselves. And the continuing mindset of the media that we're stupid and we need everything to be spoon fed to us. Now, some people do. A lot of people do these days, but not everybody. But the fact that they think we need to get spoon-fed, we have to caveat, don't just read a name and immediately assume that they're guilty. Hold on a second here, especially if it's one of our guys, like Bill Clinton. So anyway, the list came out. The, the documents came out. There's still more documents to be released that will be unredacted, supposedly, with more names on there. Uh, some of these names are were redacted for longer, probably because they are like suspects and big time guilty parties or whatever. But the same folks we we kind of saw already, Alan Dershowitz is on there, Clinton a bunch of times. Um, who else? A bunch of celebrities, a bunch of celebrities, like maybe Beyonce, maybe Oprah. 
I don't know. If I say Jimmy Kimmel, I don't. He's gonna get mad and threaten to sue that I'm hurting his family. You're you're ruining my family. You're putting them in danger. Shut up, dude. Shut up. Uh I don't know who else. It's it's a big. There's a lot of people in those depositions, in those witness testimonies that they talk about. But the the not the big one. The I guess. Most ridiculous one. I don't want to say funniest because it's not funny. When you're dealing with child sex trafficking and child rape, it's not funny. But the most ridiculous was Stephen Hawking was mentioned multiple times and how he he liked watching what they said midgets doing complex math problems on chalkboards that were too high and i don't know if that's a joke i still think that might be like like a babylon b or an onion article that came out about it but all my research on the, the court files and what i saw like highlighted in the testimonies and stuff it looks real to me i still think it's fake but it's there's nothing to there's nothing that confirms that it's a fake joke story it still shows up unless like there's could be some people that just do really good photoshopping to make it look like it was in the court documents with the other stuff. But it said plain as day, this dude likes to get freaky with little people and children and young people. And I don't know. I don't know what the hell he does. He couldn't move. He couldn't talk. He couldn't he barely blink. I don't know how he can get it up. You know how many I don't how many Viagra's do you have to take for a paraplegic to be able to get it up? And for kids, it's sick. It's sick. And there's more to come. And I'm waiting for these people to actually charge and investigate it to you know and to the fullest extent of the law because it's still crazy to me that the government has confirmed through the conviction of Joanne Maxwell and Jeff Epstein has confirmed that they were running a child sex trafficking ring. Okay. They confirmed that this happened, but it was, it was, there was no culprits. It was a sex trafficking ring that where no sex was involved and no children were involved and no suspects were involved, but it happened. It's wild to me that they haven't prosecuted anybody yet. But anyway, that happened right before the Cat Williams story. And then right after the list came out, as if we didn't need more crazy tinfoil hat things to, to occur that same week, there was a situation that happened in the Miami Mall. And I want to thank Mrs. Webcat for um, sending me some more information on it. Because uh, I was tracking a little bit what was going on. I saw initially that there was a giant police presence, a police response in this Miami mall for what they only said was a like a fight that broke out between some teenagers that ended up starting a small riot inside the mall. And I don't know if you just heard that now, but my dog is running upstairs like a madman. So now I got to go take care of that. Excuse me, folks. All right. Crisis was handled, I think, 
crisis averted situation has been calmed down. Anyway, they said that there was this you know, small riot broke out inside the mall at this in Miami. But if you look at the video feed in the in the cell phone camera footage of people watching from afar, I think across the street from like apartment complexes or whatever, I think every cop in Florida responded to this incident. The entire street. There had to be over a hundred cop cars. Over a hundred. Hundreds of cops and police over here. What you don't see are any civilians rioting, running around, being crazy at all. I have, and I know we're early on, by the time when I'm recording this, we're early on in the situation, so maybe footage will come out. But up until now, I have seen zero footage of the riot itself. Zero footage from inside the mall. Zero real specific information provided by the police at all about this, but about the whole thing. And there was, and this is where the tinfoil hat comes on, folks. There was some very shoddy footage of a, a large shadowy figure walking around outside that the police were surrounding. That people say it was alien, alien like, like an eight to 10 foot tall alien looking thing. Now, the police, head of police there said, that's funny. It was just a guy, but because of the spotlights on there, it looked like a large figure. But you can see on the on the footage that the bottom of it is clearly the guy and the shadows behind him. But here's the thing. Nothing about that video was clear. The fact that it's 2023 and we're looking at worse than Zapruder quality recording of this situation is beyond me. I don't know how every time we're talking aliens, we can't get a clear goddamn photo of the damn alien or a video. Nothing. It never is. Anytime anybody records an alien, they take out their old camcorders from the 80s that they used to bring to Disneyland or film their kids' birthdays with on their shoulder like an old news anchor would get filmed by. I don't know what the deal is with that. Randy's barking again. I'm going to ignore it. He's going to be fine. So you don't see really anything clear at all. It is a foggy, blurry image video of something moving. It could be anything. could be anything. Do I think it's aliens? Nah, I don't know. Probably not. Likely not. But I don't think the police are telling the whole truth on this situation, though. Regardless of what it ends up being, the fact that they sent the entire police force of Florida to handle a supposed riot with zero footage of the riot, zero people coming out and saying, yeah, I was there. I saw it. It was nuts. It was a riot. Nothing. And if you think back to the last three and a half years, three years, every riot gets filmed. Every loot job in, in, in Nordstrom's and Target's and Walmart's, they get filmed every day. The second they happen, there's footage on the internet of them. And there's never police presence like that. So most of the time, there's not even police presence. They're usually in cities where police don't, don't respond to this stuff right now, which is why they're in those cities. So maybe that was like Florida leadership. The government is saying, like, you could try to riot, but we're going we're gonna to make you pay for it. You're going to regret it. So we're going to send everybody down there. Maybe that's what it was. But the fact that there's still no footage of the supposed riot at this mall 
yet they sent everybody down there and keep a tinfoil hattie the day after the Epstein list came out or the same week of that. Something's fishy. That's all I'm saying. I'm not connecting those dots because I don't believe they're, they were done on purpose. I don't believe the Cat Williams thing was released the same week, and I don't believe this Miami situation was going on the same week for that reason. It's just it's funny for me to always stir that pot because I love conspiracies and I love talking about that stuff and I like getting into the mind of the full-on theorist who believes that stuff. So I'm not connecting those dots. I'm throwing it out there so you can connect those dots and you can put the tinfoil hat on and you can go dig deep into it. But I will say this. It's very fishy to me, that situation down there in Miami. It's very fishy to me. So hopefully we get some updates that I can provide to the to the LPDS universe on that because I want to know what's going on. Or if it's just going to die. Is the story just going to die like the Vegas shooter story died two days after one of the largest shootings in history. And none of the evidence lines up with what they're saying about this guy. And the story disappeared after two days. That's a fishy one to me. We're talking about conspiracies. That's a fishy one to me. I don't know why I do. I, I hate it, but I love it. I don't want to bother anybody with my cockamamie, you know, hobby of digging into conspiracies, but I, I can't stop. I can't help it. Just like I like to talk crap about the Yankees and Giants. I can't help it. But we're going to take the tinfoil hat off. We're done with that. Okay. I don't remember what else happened this, this past week in the current events world. So much stuff happened. It was wild. The only other thing I'll talk about in the junction, because there's a lesson there. Um, otherwise, if I forgot anything, please let me know and I'll try to talk about it. If it's still relevant in the next next episode drop, I'll I'll talk about it there. But otherwise, I'm I'm at a loss of what else. Just so much crap went on, so much big stuff went on that you get into like the fog of nonsensory. So anyway, um, real quick. Very quick business update for all you folks out there. Two things. One, uh, there's going to be a website revamp of spearheadleadership.co. So if you see something in there now that you think should be changed, and there should be a lot, I'm refocusing the uh, the priority of the business from uh, to add and prioritize uh, serving companies and other organizations. Uh, so I'm doing that. But if you see anything, you happen to be in there and a, and you see something that should be changed, I would love to hear that feedback. Uh, I would appreciate it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beg you guys to go on the website and check it out. But if you happen to come across the website and you see something like, oh, what is this? I don't get this. This should be, you know, this doesn't entice me to to look into you more or whatever. Let me know. I got some good info, some good feedback from Sausage of Peppers one, S P one. Um, so that was helpful. And then I'm working with somebody to help revamp the whole thing. With that. We're opening up the community, the Spearhead Leadership community. So if you're looking for regular weekly sort of uh, leadership mentorship or the ability to talk to people, like-minded individuals on improving yourself in your day-to-day -day life, in your career, whatever, on the leadership end or through quality leadership, um, the community membership is going to be free. Okay? I'm cutting out the uh, the payment on that for now. And it's going to be free for the time being, not forever, 
But for the time being, this is like, this is not one of those like free for the first month thing. I'm not doing that crap anymore. Uh, it's going to be open. You want to sign up, you just go on the website. When the website's uh, updated, and you just click join, and I'll take you to the page. You're signing in to create a quick profile, and you're in. And you can get the live leadership calls we do. You can get the old recordings. You can type in the, make a post in there, ask questions, do whatever. Um, so feel free to do that when it's up. I'll let you guys know. If you are interested, just stay tuned. I'll post updates with that. Uh, but I'm giving you the update not to not to plug it because obviously I'm not going to get any money out of this. I just, you know, it's free. So this is not a plug for money, a shameless plug for money. Um, I'm updating you because I'm trying to maintain accountability for myself and to all of you on the updates and progress of things like that. And my video's frozen again. I don't know how long it was frozen. I think we're back now. Okay. Damn it. I hate this stupid setup. I'm such it's such amateur hour. Absolute amateur hour. I gotta talk to sticks. We gotta get a camera in here ASAP. Anyway, that being said, damn that thing pisses me off. That being said, let's get to the good stuff and we'll step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by the Living on Fumes Corporation. As people care more and more about reducing their CO2 emissions to protect the environment, there's finally a company out there doing something significant to eliminate CO2 almost entirely. That company is called Living on Fumes. LLF has developed a special adapter you can hook right up to your own car and run directly into your HVAC vents that uses the power of chemistry and the engine of your vehicle to take out one of the oxygen molecules in CO2, creating CO1 and therefore successfully wiping CO2 off the face of the earth. Never mind that CO2 is vital for the survival of literally all plant life on the planet. Living on Fumes has heard the call of the climate activists and has finally taken action. So to get your climate-caring hands on the LOF CO1 adapter today, visit www.gotosleep.com, and if you use the promo code MONOXIDE, you'll get 29% off your adapter. Whatever we can do to reduce our footprint and reduce our CO2 emissions for a better Earth, I'm on board with, okay? If we can eliminate the human creation of CO2 as much as possible. I'm on board with that. So go check out that website and let me know what you think. Um, all right, cage fact. We've talked about something like this before in the past. This is in regards to his name change. We talked about how he changed his name from Nicholas Coppola to Nicholas Cage. He changed it to Cage because Luke Cage, he loves comic books, and Luke Cage is a comic book character. Or is it Johnny Cage? I don't, I don't know. I'm not a comic book guy. I don't dislike them. I just never read them much besides a couple of the basics, Batman and Superman. So I don't, I, I'm probably way off. Maybe I think it was Luke Cage. Anyway, he changed it to Cage for that reason. The reason he changed his name to begin with, most people see know it at that. Why am I talking like this? Most people know the reason why is because 
he didn't want to be associated with his uncle, renowned director Francis Ford Coppola of The Godfather, um, because he didn't want people thinking he was just getting roles because of his name alone. And in fact, he said when he did Fast Times at Ridgemont High, his first uh, theater film, he did catch some heat and got some, you know, jabs tossed his way because he's a Coppola. They're like, oh, that's the only reason why you got this bit part and you're not even that good and blah, blah, blah. So he changed his name and his first movie he was credited for as Nick Cage was Valley Girl. And he didn't tell anybody like I'm Nick Coppola, but my name, my stage name is Nick Cage. He's just like, I'm Nick Cage and I'm, a, I'm auditioning for this role. And they got on the role and they didn't even know he was Coppola's nephew at the time. They found out after, of course, and everybody knows. But that was this that was the first test run of him getting a role based off of his acting ability alone and not the name. The other reason why he did it, though, and this is something I guess you only know if you're in the industry, because I certainly didn't know how this works. Like you can you can think back and like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But the other reason why he did that is because he knew just from, you know, growing up in the Coppola family from his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola, his aunt, um, Kaya Shire, Adrian from, from Rocky and all these other uh, famous people that are in his family. He knew the, the egos of the directors in Hollywood. And one thing that the directors would not like is if they're, if they're, top build actor, their star of their movie on, on the poster of the movies. And this is what he said. Like there's like a science behind it. Almost the poster of the movies, the top build actors name is above the title of the movie. So it's like face off Nick cage, John Travolta. And it's on there at the top. He knew that the egotistical directors would not like the fact that they would have another director's name on the top of their their movie. Top build above the director, above everything else. The first thing they see is Coppola. And they're like, oh, I don't want that on the director. Not him, not Francis Ford Coppola. I don't want any confusion whatsoever. I want everyone to know that this is my film. I directed this film. And he knew he had the foresight to know that. So he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that because then I'll really not get roles. They'll first they'll think that's nepotism. Then they'll be like, even if you are good, I'm not doing it because I can't have you top build above my name and this and that. So there was a there was a business decision. There was a a, a planning session, if you will, a science behind all of that. Um, and it just further shows this guy is he's the tops. He is the best of the best, the the the, the great one, the best to ever do it. To think like that for the business minded standpoint of it all, of like. I want to stay in a job. I know I'm good enough. I have the confidence in my ability to do this, but I want to remove any excuses or obstacles whatsoever. I want people to know I did this on my own. I also don't want anybody to get in my way. And he did it, and now look at him. Greatest of all time because of it. So there you go. That's the cage fact. All right, moving on over to the junction. We'll spin the logo up. I'm going to try to keep this brief. I don't like to blab and bore people to tears and bore myself to tears blabbing and not making sense like I've done in the past. But, and I'm going to caveat this, a little LPDS caveat. 
I, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of eye rolls about this. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate about this because I don't know why. Not that it, not that it matters to me. I'm still going to talk about it anyway because there's a lesson here. But as everybody knows, or most people know, I'm obsessed, obsessed with Barstool Sports content and wanted to be a part of that organization in some way. And I watch this guy. I follow this guy. He's a content guy on Barstool named Jersey Jerry. I think I've talked about him in the past. Uh, and again, I, I know I'm going to get eye rolls. And I know people are going to think like, what is this guy talking about? Why is this an important topic for him? It was a stupid stream that he did. Whatever. Follow me, folks. Just follow me here. And to the haters, not anybody in the junction, but if there's some strays listening in, to the haters, like, keep hating. Um, so Jersey Jerry does this show called Jerry After Dark, and it's on YouTube, and he starts a live stream on YouTube every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, and he does all these challenges at the Barstool office in Chicago, and he can't leave his off the office to go home to his his girl and his child until he completes the challenge, whatever they are. One time it was like a, a snack challenge where you had to eat a bunch of snacks blindfolded and guess what they were. One time it was like six different weird sporting events, like half-court shot, putting a golf ball across a full basketball court, uh, kicking soccer balls into different targets, all these all different things, and he had to, he has to finish the challenge before you can go home. And one of the things he said was to as like a promotion challenge to get his channel, his, his YouTube channel up to like 50,000 subscribers. He was going to do the hole in one challenge where he was going to use the golf simulator at their office headquarters, which is like a professional grade simulator. It's got all the real golf courses, the holes and all that you can do whatever you want there. And he was going to do the challenge where I'm not leaving the office until I hit a hole in one on the golf simulator. And he thought he's like, yeah, he's going to probably going to take around the same time as these other challenges between three and six hours. Cause most of the time he starts at 10 PM. He's done by like 2 AM, 1 30. Uh, and he's back home to his family. So he's like, yeah, maybe six hours on the, on the, on the long end of this. Well, he starts and mind you, I, I'll post a picture. If I remember, I'll post a picture of Jersey Jerry up here to show you what he looks like. He's a short, chunky fellow, blue collar. He was a union guy for a while, and he's not athletically inclined at all. He stinks at golf. He's not good at any other sport. He's not an athlete. He just loves sports. He's a sports fan. That's how he kind of got involved. Anyway, um, he starts this. He can't swing a golf club very well at all. And we're in four hours, six hours, eight hours, 10 hours. I wake up the next morning for work and he's on 12, 13 hours going all day Wednesday. And this is a, this is an unathletic looking, you know, if you don't know anything about this guy, Jersey Jerry, this character, you just look at this bum, this crumb bum trying to do the impossible for, you know, for what it's so stupid. And the whole time you're watching, you're like, I can't believe I'm watching this guy. Like, okay. Oh, not just this guy, just in general. Why am I watching some non-athlete, like non-golfer try to do this? I know it's not going to happen. Of course, it's going to take forever. They're not a golfer. They're not an athlete. And you keep watching and we get to like 16 hours and he is about to quit. And he's saying, I should have, I should have never left the union. I, 
I could have been a, you know, an electrician. I could have got a good pension. I could have lived a nice, good life. I don't know why I'm doing this stupid thing right now, living in an office for what? This is how I have to make my money by being this court jester. I should have given it all up. I don't know if you just heard that up top, but my parents are dropping crap. It's a circus act up top above the dungeon here. Anyway, and he gets this motivational speech from from one of the other content guys, Big Cat on Barstool Sports. And he's like, Jerry, you don't understand. This is bigger than you now. You're on 16 hours of this, this stream. People are watching. It is now more than you, you know, more than just a couple thousand people watching, like your your normal fans. That hit this has gone outside of your fan circle into other people, other you know, actual athletes, celebrities. All these people are starting to get more involved. He's like, it's bigger than you now. You're you're getting towards legend status, and you got to keep going. I'm going to call your girl and let her know that you have to see this through. And and he kept seeing it through, and he and he stopped for a bit. He got an IV bag from a medical professional. He had a chiropractor called in to crack his back and his neck and and stretch him out and get him loose. At night, Wednesday night, they gave him an air mattress to sleep a little bit so they can come back refresh and and hit it hard. And we're talking a blue collar bum who used to be addicted to crack and heroin, he used to be a drug addict. He he was he was found by his mother one time sleeping on the side of a dumpster and had to go. She took him right to this offshore re- rehab, offshore is like out of state rehab to get him out and clean him up. He's he's like 9 years sober now, 8 years sober. He's this prior crackhead union bum who just likes to gamble on sports he was living in his parents basement up until recently he's got not a speck of athletic ability whatsoever he's uncoordinated he's pigeon-toed he's short he's stumpy he wears huge basketball shorts like that look like just big jenko jeans almost because they're so long and, and big i had the video issue again i'm back and you're watching this guy for hours on hours on hours doing something that he doesn't have to do. Okay, at the end of the day, he could have just stopped it and been like eight hours. That's too long. I'm not going through with this anymore. Thanks for watching the stream. I'll see you next week. And could have been done with it. But he started getting more people interested. Okay, and he and he realized it was not just about getting the ball in the hole anymore. It was about something bigger. And you can you can call me out and you can call him out or anybody out for for thinking this and being on board with this this opinion of it all. Uh, and that's fine too. But it became about perseverance. It became about the power of the mind. It became more than just what it started out as. It just started out as just a guy doing some silly challenge, some goofy, silly, stupid thing. For entertainment purposes, it became more than that. It got so big that the PGA social media page was posting about it. Golf Digest was posting about it. Taylor Made was posting about it. Pebble Beach Resort was posting about it. He had NFL football players cheering him on, signing into the stream and chatting him in the stream in the comments saying, you got this, be a bully, you got this. He had 
celebrities, actors, other golfers, NFL football players, I said that, MLB players, NHL hockey players, tuning in to back him up. He had pro golfers calling in to people to get on speaker speakerphone so he can hear them, so they can give him tips and tell him, like, here, this is what you should be doing. Uh, I know you're tired, but if you focus and if you think about it this way, you're going to do this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And then he had what many argue as the GOAT quarterback in the NFL, Tom Brady post. After Jerry, after we're about 30-something hours into this, Jersey Jerry is sitting disheveled. He's got a picture of him like this. He puts his hands in his in his head or his head in his hands like this. And it, like somebody posted on social media a split image of Jerry all disheveled and looking down. And then that, that meme picture they had of like the Popeye's employee doing the same thing after like a long shift. And they just looked defeated. And then Tom Brady posted, it's always darkest before the dawn. And he tagged Jerry, Jersey Jerry in it. And he posted the link to the YouTube uh, stream so other people can go watch it. And then he posted a picture of him, Tom Brady, at the Super Bowl. I think it was 2019. It was a 2018 season, the 2019 year, calendar year, where they're playing the Falcons. I think that was it. Maybe it was a different year. I don't remember. I thought I was flying to Afghanistan when that Super Bowl happened. And I had to watch it from like a random like bunk situation on my phone or whatever. I think that was the year. Maybe that was the Eagles year. I don't know. Anyway, it was a picture of Tom Brady. The score on the top right of the screen showed uh, Atlanta Falcons 20, Patriots 0. And, and Tom Brady is like this. His head's down if you're looking in YouTube land. He's disheveled. He feels defeated. And if you remember anything about that, the Patriots came back to win that Super Bowl game. And in in, I think the biggest scoring, like the deficit, biggest upset uh, in Super Bowl history as far as the score deficit, coming back from the largest score deficit. I think that's, that, that, that's true. And he wrote, it's always darkest before the dawn. And then 15 minutes later, with, with 95,000 people watching the stream live in the middle of the day, I think it was like 10 a.m. and you know Eastern time. Jersey Jerry hits the hole in one. He hits the hole in one with 95,000 people watching live. He ended up getting more than I think 2.6 million people watching the entire stream at one point or another. 2.6 million views from a guy, and I watch this guy. I watch his streams every week. He averages 8,000 views a stream. At the height, it'll get to like 15, maybe 20,000 people watching on a good day, on a good like hour stint of a stream. He had 95,000 people watching. That's more than like the Yankees get right now. And at first, I was sitting there sort of like ashamed of myself, like, what are you doing? I had this on in the background. There's a TV and YouTube. You can see it behind me. It's off right now. But I had this on in the background while I'm working here at my command center for two days. Well, I started watching it Tuesday night like I normally do. I watched it all Wednesday. 
and then Thursday until he did it. It was like 37 total hours of streaming. They even streamed when he was sleeping. And at first I was ashamed, like, you're just watching, like, how is this captivating? What is What about this is entertaining to you? What, you're not getting anything out of this. This is not enriching your life. This is not enhancing. This is not improving you. You're not. And then Jersey Jerry gave this speech, his victory speech, and other people were talking about it. And I, I, I started balling up. First of all, I was cheering, jumping up and down in here like I won the, the Super Bowl or the World Series or something myself. From this guy, this crumb bum who just did it. Some random stranger. I never even met the dude. And I was jumping up and down like an idiot. But as more video clips come out of him doing it and people talking about it and reacting to it, it, like I said, it it was bigger than, a, than an unathletic guy doing a silly challenge on a simulator for views. It was bigger than that. It was about... Sticking to something. You you set a goal for yourself and you don't stop until you accomplish that goal. No matter what the hurdles are. No matter how you feel physically and mentally. No matter how tired you are. No matter, no matter how tough it is. He said getting that hole in one was tougher than, than getting clean off a crack. Which sounds crazy to me because it seems like crack is pretty addictive because some people never get off of it. And it and it and it the lesson here is not so much like go watch stuff for enter go watch stupid stuff for entertainment, but it's it's just further proof of our ability if we believe in ourselves. And a lot of times we just don't believe in ourselves. When we say we give it lip service, we say it all the time. Yeah, I'm confident in my abilities. I'm good. I'm going to be successful. No problem. But then your actions or inactions really tell a different story. Because well, a lot of times when the going gets tough, we, we go take a seat on the sidelines and hit the showers and call it a day. And I'm guilty of that too a lot. But like I said in several episodes that I've said throughout this year, at least, or this past 2023, as I start to educate myself more and get more into this mindset, um, I'm starting to realize that uh, the power of self-belief is unrivaled. The power of our own minds, if we believe we can do something, truly 100% believe it, um, it's only a matter of time before it happens. Not if, it's just a when. And this was a testament to that. I can't, I, I was telling my mother this story. Again, this sounds stupid. I, I don't get made fun of it, I'm sure, whatever. I was telling my mom this story. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to her. I'm just starting to like get a, you know, a lump in my throat. I'm starting to ball up and tear up a little bit because I'm just thinking about this blue collar nobody who doesn't have a speck of athletic ability. I mean, you look at his swing, it was garbage. And then they even asked him, like, are you learning anything about golf? He's like, absolutely not. I'm getting worse. And he was, like, mechanics-wise and this and that. And this was an impossible feat almost, a nearly impossible feat for somebody like him who's never played really the sport before this past year 
it's difficult enough for professionals to get holes in ones on these simulators, not just in real life, but on the simulators. And they create these simulators good enough now that it's almost, it's as realistic as possible. It's very comparable to the real life odds of getting a hole in one. And I think they said like the average pro golfer can probably go like between four and 800 strokes to get that hole, to get a hole in one on, on one of those holes in the simulator, something like that. Jersey Jerry took 2,726 strokes to get that hole in one. 2,700. Okay. If you go to a driving range for an hour, you're taking maybe a hundred hacks. Okay. And then you're sore the next day. He took 2,700 strokes throughout the course of 37 hours. And he had no business being out there to begin with. And if that guy, who's on the brink of passing out, being malnourished, dehydrated, he needed to have a medical professional come in and give him an IV. If he can keep going, he just told his brain, I'm just going to do it. And there's nothing anybody can say or do that's going to stop me from doing this. I don't care if it takes a month, a year, an, an, another hour, another day, whatever. I'm just going to do it, and I'll see you when it's done. And he just did it. And it's, it was crazy. And this is the second time in, you know, in the past six months that I actively saw something what i consider to be miraculous not because it's not one of those like jerry had you know he's this guy stinks it's miraculous that he actually made it the 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 miraculousness if you will is the fact that the brain the mind the belief in oneself propelled them to succeed it pushed them over to success whatever it was the first time i talked about my aunt mary which I, was the craziest one, I think. No offense to Jersey Jerry or anything, but the craziest one. She was dying of a tumor. They told her she had two months left, and she's like, no, I got to live to 100, and two and a half years later, she made it to her 100th birthday with a tumor growing. The size, it ended up being almost the size of her stomach. It was so big. Fluids were filling up inside her, and she still powered through. That might have been the craziest one of the, the, the mindset miracle, we'll call it. And then this, and I was a hater. I'm admitting that. And this is why I want to talk about, this is the lesson here I want to talk about and, and squeeze out of this otherwise kind of funny situation. Is I was a hater forever of people saying like, oh, as long as you believe in yourself, you could do anything. And I was like, shut up. You sound like such a geek right now. Oh, if you could do, if you believe it, you could achieve it. Like, not really. And I was a hater. I was like, there's so many factors that play into the reason. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to succeed because that's how I think already. Already in my head, I'm already thinking like, it's not going to happen because of these other factors outside of my control. As opposed to, I know there's going to be factors outside of my control. So it might it might delay my success, but it's not going to stop it. 
and I'll see you at the finish line. And I'm starting to believe that more and more. So seeing it actively in the, the, these last two situations over the last six months, uh, it's changing me. It's and I sound like a crazy person. I always, you know, people will say that, and that's fine. And and I used to other think other people sounded crazy when they said stuff like this, and they started believing stuff like this. Um, but I can't help it. I can't help but not be on board with it after seeing this stuff and learning about it more, and seeing it in my own life too, where I just put my mind to certain things on smaller scales and seeing the success or the forward movement. Uh, I can't not buy into it. So when I see something like this, where it's a stupid challenge show, a stream where he does, I'm, I'm not going to leave until I get six half court shots. I just want to, I just like seeing a guy challenge himself to do something he can't otherwise do, or he hasn't otherwise done in the past. It's hard for him. It's outside of his comfort zone and accomplish the goal. He happens to be very funny and entertaining, but I'm going to, I'm going to seek out stuff like this all the time now. So I can get get that get that mindset in myself more so as well, and I know I'm gonna. I, I, like I said, I I'm sure I'll probably get some people eye rolling and be like, "All right, get over yourself. Get you know, I don't need this rah rah bullshit about mindset and believing and achieving and all this other stuff." And that's fine too. But look, we're the show that talks about nothing. We're talking about a short, stumpy guy from Jersey who used to live in his mom's basement up until like a month ago, like myself here right now, hitting golf balls into a simulator screen. That's what we're, we're talking about that. I lost my train of thought because I'm just kind of like all up in my, in my shit right now. I remember. We're a show that talks about that. Short, stumpy guys on a stream hitting golf balls into a screen, a, a screen, excuse me, and we're finding the the good lessons in everything. That's what we are. We're the show that talks about nothing and finds the lessons in everything. So if I can squeeze the lesson out of Jersey Jerry's moment in history, I'm doing it. Let me tell you something. That day, that was Thursday, uh, the fourth. Thursday, January 4th, I think, is when he did it. Of the top five hashtags and stories trending on Twitter, Jersey Jerry's hole-in-one had three of the top five above the Epstein list released. This is right before Cat Williams' podcast episode came out, right before that. He had three of the five most trending things in the, in the Twitter world. So that 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 story had an impact on me, and it always will now, and it always will. And I'll and I'm trying not to bother people who don't want to hear about this stuff with this stuff as much as possible. I talk about it to the people who actually care about it. Um, but uh, that's a great lesson. Look, I'm sorry, I'm never not going to tell you guys this on the LPDS. That's a great lesson. That's a great example of belief and perseverance and and what happens when you just power through and you get it in your mind that here is my goal and I'm not going to stop moving until I'm here accomplishing my goal. That's it. 
That's the lesson. Okay? Pick a goal. And then wherever you're starting, and maybe you're close to it, maybe it's a smaller goal and you're real close to accomplishing it, maybe it's a big goal and you're over here. Video cut out again. Maybe it's a big goal and you're starting way back here. Just get it in your mind right now that no matter what happens, no matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, right here on my right hand is where you're going to end. You're just going to keep going. You're going to jump hurdles. You're going to go around obstacles. You're going to go under. You're going to deal with the strife and the hardship until you're right here at success. Whatever the goal is, it could be something simple for other people. Maybe your goal is to learn how to do a bench press appropriate, like proper form, and that's it. Now, some people will be like, that's stupid. I already know how to do that. It's easy. Yeah, but some people don't. So that's their goal. That's their challenge. doesn't matter what the goal is. Pick it. Get it in your brain that you're going to accomplish it, and then just go. And I'll see you on the finish line. Because I'm going to be right there with you cheering you on. And that's all I got for today. Before we go, real quick, the big three, the three pillars to staying strong and being a better, happier, kinder, healthier, more genuine human being and spreading that goodness and positivity throughout the land. Number one, exercise every day. Whether it's a physical, mental, or emotional exercise, do one thing every day to improve your physical, mental, and emotional health and wellness and fitness. From a physical workout to breaking a mental sweat, doing a crossword or reading a book, to meditating, doing yoga, praying, do at least one thing a day to exercise yourself so you can get physically, mentally, emotionally healthier and, and fitter. Number two, the hardest one, don't be a shitty person. Be a kind person. Choose kindness. There's always an opportunity to take a jab at somebody, post a negative post, post something on social media that you know is going to fire people up and be a troll about it and, and stoke the fires of negativity. There's always those opportunities out there. Understand when you're in those situations, detach from your negative emotions in there, and then omit yourself from those situations. Just by that simple inaction alone, you're going to minimize the negativity and shit in the ether, and you're going to give yourself the free space and, and, and capability, uh, the capacity, excuse me, to go focus on more positive, productive things in your lives. All right, number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. Because you don't know when they're when that stuff's going to be gone. I think about it all the time now, especially as I have family members getting older, or people getting sick, and this and that. It becomes a little bit more prevalent and in the forefront. But just take the time every day. Start off a one time a day, at least once. Start to start, and sit down. Don't do anything else. Just think about one good thing in your life and then think about what your life would be like without that. And try to try to live your life a little bit without that thing or that person in there and how kind of shitty it would be without it. And that'll put you in a state of gratitude 
And if you do that more and more throughout the day, your mind, your entire, your entire being is going to be more and more in that state of gratitude than it is any other thing throughout your day. So couple that with not being a shitty person and being a kind person and couple that with exercising every day. And I promise you, you're going to be a better, happier, kinder, healthier, more genuine human being. And you can spread that positivity and goodness to everybody around you. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit the hotline 202-670-1114. I had a hotline call. Um, the technology is not working for me to put it up right now. So I'll have it on the next episode. It's not necessarily episode specific. So I can play it whenever. So I didn't forget. I saw the hotline call. I didn't forget about you. Uh, I'm going to post it when I have the software, the new software downloaded to be able to make it happen for you guys. So I apologize for that. But keep calling that hotline 202-670-1114 about whatever you want. You can call me out. You can troll me. You can ask me questions. You can ask for advice. Whatever you want to do, call that number 202-670-1114. Thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.